You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. Hey, welcome to the Awaken Church, Awaken Natchitoches weekly sermon podcast. And uh, this is, uh, again, we're having some strange things happening in our world with the spread of the coronavirus and stay-at-home orders and a lot of technical difficulties and tornado warnings during the middle of our Easter service, which is from my living room, preaching into t- a camera on a phone uh, while 161 people joined live. And now you're listening to it uh, because I'm recording this a day later because our recording equipment just wasn't working correctly. And so we're trying to go this route just to just to get a, a an opportunity to reach one more person uh, with the message uh, for this year. And uh, while things are crazy, unique, and different, what an opportunity to... Um, do something different for Easter this year. And so as a pastor of a church uh, for a number of years now, for two decades I've been in, in ministry, this is probably the most different way of doing Easter I've ever had. One of the neat things about Easter is always uh, trying to do something different. And and I, I kind of want to do as close to business as usual as possible, but I haven't always thought that way. One of the things I did a number of years ago at a church I pastored was um, it's called Cardboard Testimonies. And the idea is that you have uh, different people from the congregation right on one side of a piece of cardboard uh, like a, a, or a poster board, um, like just words that represent what their life was like before they met Christ. People wrote words like, uh, ugly, hated myself. They wrote words like depressed. They wrote words like addicted. Um, there was even atheist, uh, hated, hated the church. Uh, those are all words that were on one side of people's cardboard. They're true stories. And on the other side of the cardboard was what is kind of words that represented what your life is like now that you're a follower of Christ. And on that side, there was, you know, the opposite of some of those things. There was now I, I, I see myself as beautiful as Christ sees me. I'm, I'm living with hope. I'm I have purpose in life. Those those kind of things. Um, I'm a believer. You know, to see someone who said I was an atheist on one side and now says I'm I'm teaching others about Jesus on the other side. It's pretty powerful. It's just a way to share your story. Think about the stories of our lives and how has someone's story impacted your life? How have you been encouraged or inspired or helped through tough times? For me, when I hear the other stories, a lot of times, especially of how they're coping and getting through this current uh, worldwide pandemic that is affecting all of us, I get just this reassurance. I'm not alone. And perhaps you felt the same way. So on this Easter Sunday, we wrapped up our, our series, Bless Your Heart, where we were discussing that as you become more like Jesus, we realize that Jesus' plan is that we love our neighbors enough to bless them. So we're using the acronym BLESSED. Uh, uh, ble- you know, B-L-E-S-S. And that's not something unique with us. We didn't originate with us. We've, we kind of like the cardboard testimonies. We, we saw uh, somebody else do that, and we kind of took it and, and prayed about it and did our own spin with it. And so what we've been doing was, how can we bless our neighbors? And asking that question and looking to try to answer that. So we begin with prayer. We listen with care, we eat together, we serve with love, and today is about your story, how to share your story and be a blessing in someone's life. 
So we've been tracking through some high spots of the first followers of Jesus that are found in the book of Acts in the Bible. And so we continue that today with one of these followers specifically named Paul. And his story, we're going to read just the, the, the part of his story that's found in Acts chapter 26 of the Bible. And so if you want to uh, grab a copy of that, uh, if, you, if you have one handy and look at Acts 26, I'll read the scripture here in just a minute. May, but just to give you time to, to look it up for yourself. Um, and I like to do that because I love to like, I, I highlight and I mark, I circle, I underline, I write notes uh, in the margin in my Bibles. And perhaps you do too. So Paul, who this story will be about, um, had been teaching about Jesus everywhere. And he had been in the, just a couple of chapters before. He was in the temple in Jerusalem where this mob of folks took exception to the message he had. And they took him out and they began beating him. So a Roman regiment arrived and they arrested Paul. They, on one hand, they arrested him because he's obviously done something that's worthy of arrest. And another another part of that is they really were saving him from being murdered um, out here. They arrested him. And he ended up before the Jewish high council. Then he went to the Roman governor Felix. And he went to the next governor Festus. And, and every time taking the opportunity to share his story. Eventually, as a prisoner in chains, Paul was brought before King Agrippa to answer the charges that were against him. And this is where we pick up the story. Acts 26, verse 1. Then Agrippa said to Paul, You may speak in your defense. So Paul, gesturing with his hand, started his defense. I am fortunate, King Agrippa, that you are the one hearing my defense today against these accusations made by the Jewish leaders. For I know you are an expert on all the Jewish customs and controversies. Now, please listen to me patiently. As the Jewish leaders are well aware, I was given a thorough Jewish training from my earliest childhood among my own Jewish people and in Jerusalem. And they would, if they would admit it, they know that I have been a member of the Pharisees, the strictest sect of our religion. Now I am on trial because of my hope and the fulfillment of God's promise made to our ancestors. In fact, that is why the twelve tribes of Israel zealously worship God night and day, and they share the same hope I have. Yet, your majesty, they accuse me of having this hope. Why does it seem incredible to any of you that God can raise the dead? What a fitting conversation for us to look at on this Resurrection Sunday or the day after, um, in the days after. There's, you know, why does it seem incredible that it, to any of you that God can raise the dead? Now, let's look deeper into this story and how we can apply it and how, what, it, what it would mean for us to bless our neighbors by sharing our story. We need to start with this big idea. Your story is a gift. It honors God and it inspires others. This is, this is the, a big idea. Let me repeat it. Your story is a gift that honors God and inspires others. So to build on that big idea, let me share a few thoughts. First of all, seek a shared story. Seek your shared story. What is your shared story? Well, your shared story is the things you have in common with other people. And, and you know, what, what's the common ground that you have? Seek seek the common ground. Seek your shared story. You know, I, I have common ground of, of all kinds of people. I'm male. So anyone who is male, a male human being, I have got common ground with. I'm married. So anyone who is married, I have, who is involved in, in marriage, I have some common ground with. I'm a parent. I'm a parent of, of three boys. I'm a parent of one, of one of my boys. One of our boys has autism. So I have some common ground. I have a shared story with people on these levels. I'm an extrovert. And this whole stay-at-home, uh, self-isolation, you know, isolation, 
all the the things that are happening in our in our culture right now are hard for an extrovert. I'm spending way too much time on social media trying to get that energy of being around other people. Um, I, I love football. I have a shared story with other football fans, specifically. Go Tigers, LSU Tigers, and I'm part of the Who Dat Nation for the New Orleans Saints. I love music, and I can I love all genres of music, and so I can find common ground listening to music and or talking about music. Specifically, if you love '80s music, if you like electronic music, or like old school hip hop music, we have common ground. We have a shared story. I love professional wrestling. And and so there's some common ground I share with a few folks. And some people roll their eyes at that, and that's okay. But but this is a place where I have a shared story with people. I grew up in church. And if you grew up in church, you, we have a shared story. It may be different denominations, different practices, different ways to, that, that that was fleshed out growing up. But if you grew up in church, we have a shared story. But also a part of my story is I, in my late teen years, and into my early 20s, I had a lot of doubts and a lot of questions. And I actually was what I would say de-churched. I de-churched myself. Um, I, I was displaced when it came to religion and philosophy and, and, and that you know those things, spirituality. When it came to me as a spiritual being, I was just displaced. I know what it's like. So how do you find this common ground with others? How do you find your shared story? Well, you spend time with others. And like we've said before in, in our series in Bless, listen with care. That's the L. You listen to others with care. That's how you find your shared story. You listen. And one way you can do that is you eat together. You share a meal. And during this time of uh, with the stay-at-home orders and the, and the, the, the spread of the virus, there's not a lot of you know eating together in person, but you can find ways, and I love some of the creative ways people are doing to meet together right now. So that's how we can seek a shared story. Now, Paul, in our in our story in Acts 26, he establishes with King Agrippa that they have a shared story. He says, I am fortunate that you are the one hearing my defense today. I know you're an expert in all the Jewish customs and controversies. I was given I I was given a thorough Jewish training from my earliest childhood. I who have been a member of the Pharisees, the strictest sect in our religion. Paul says to King Agrippa, we have a shared story. We have something in common. Now, in order to bless your neighbors, you have to get to know your neighbors. That's what Paul had done. He's like, I got, he, he had, he, in a way, had gotten to know King Agrippa. He knew some things about King Agrippa, so he knew they had a shared story. And in order to bless your neighbors, in order to bless others, you have to get to know you have to get to know them. This is why it's so important to intentionally listen with care. This is why I encourage you to find opportunities to eat together. And I love hearing about these creative ways people are doing during this crazy time of social distancing and stay-at-home orders and quarantines. And it's like, let's let's go to McDonald's. I literally have friends doing this. Let's go to McDonald's and get our meal from the drive-thru, pull over in the parking lot, and have others come up on either side of us and roll down the windows. And while we can't literally be together, can't touch together, can't breathe each other's air or cough on each other. We can eat and, and, and sit in our cars and have a conversation and meet up together. I love the, the way things are, people are, are doing this, to get to know each other. So it seems like the default that many of us have, especially in crazy times like this, is to wait for the other person to make the first move. Like, I can be friends with anyone, but it's up to them to come to me. Like, like you know, like, like I will, I will tell you, I will tell you that we can become friends, but you've got to come to me. So, so here's the thing. Authentic love takes the first step. 
Authentic love takes the first step. Real love takes the initiative. If we're going to bless our neighbors, our community, or even our own family, we've got to be proactive with this because this is a love that builds relationships. So we are those who take the first step. We find the common ground with our neighbors. We seek our shared story and then and then share your Jesus story. My own Jesus story is this. My dad's a pastor, has been my entire life. I grew up in church. The religion of my parents didn't feel like it was mine when I came to that time in my life and I began to have questions and doubts. But what was mine? Did I even need religion? And what about science? And what about history? And, 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 and questions that led to seeking and experimentation when I, and my experimentation with all kinds of different philosophies and, and different religions and different ways of seeking spiritual connectedness. And eventually everything seemed empty. Everything. Did, did, did some of these different paths and different ways have good elements? Yeah, sure they did. Or was, some, was some of them, this is a really nice way to live? Absolutely. Yeah. But what about that part of my life that still seems empty? What about purpose? So I prayed, and in the night I prayed this, I was in the middle of a bunch of people in a place I shouldn't have been, doing some things I shouldn't have been doing, and I prayed because I just felt this emptiness just was overwhelming in the middle of this. And I said, God, if you're real, if you, you know, I'm just, I'm actually, I'm praying. Here I am, neck deep in sin, and I'm praying, God, if you're real, you're going to have to show me somehow because none of this feels real. Nothing is the thing I'm looking for, and I don't even know what I'm looking for. I'm looking for something that's real, something that works. God, if you're real, would you please let me know? And immediately, a peace covered me, like washed over me, like nothing I've ever felt before. And I felt something new in my spirit. And what I felt, this this new thing I felt in my spirit, was a voice saying, I'm here. I'm here, and I'm real, and I've always been here. I love you. Are you ready to know me? And my answer was yes. And that began my Jesus story. My Jesus story came, came like that's where it really began. Now now, you know, it predates that with growing up in the Christian home and going to church and know, knowing all the the Bible uh, school answers and the Sunday school answers, but but really it came to this point of are you ready to know me? And my yes became my reality and began my my story with Jesus. So how have you met Jesus? Have you met Jesus? What's your Jesus story? Paul goes on and tells King Agrippa his Jesus story. Verse 9, we pick it up. He says, I used to believe that I ought to do everything I could to oppose the very name of Jesus of Nazareth. Indeed, I did just that in Jerusalem. Authorized by the leading priest, I caused many believers there to be sent to prison, and I cast my vote against them when they were condemned to death. Many times I had them punished in the synagogues to get them to curse Jesus. I was so violently opposed to them that I even chased them down in foreign cities. One day I was on such a mission to Damascus, armed with the authority and commission of the leading priest. About noon, your majesty, as I was on the road, a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shone down on me and my companions. We all fell down, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, now Saul was Paul's name before he changed it to Paul, why are you persecuting me? It is useless for you to fight against my will. Who are you, Lord? I asked. And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, 
the one you're persecuting. Now get to your feet. For I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. Tell people that, what, that you have seen me. And tell them what I will show you in the future. And I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. Yes, I'm sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes. So they may turn from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness of their, for their sins. And be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. Paul, he goes on with King Agrippa here, and he says, I got to tell you my Jesus story. Paul says, These guys who have a problem with me saying that Jesus is the Messiah. That 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 Jesus is uh, that that Jesus is is resurrected and he's and he, and he he was crucified and he lives again. The ones who are against what I teach about Jesus and his resurrection, I get it. I was one of them. But then one day, but then one day, the story of Paul's life made a turn. At but then one day and the story of your life makes a turn with but then one day have you had that but then one day moment you know the, you, maybe you have like i was lost and now i'm found but then one day or i was lost and alone but then one day I believed I had it all figured out, but then one day, I was just chill and going with the flow, but then one day, I was consumed with myself, I was consumed with with anxiety, depression, I was consumed with loneliness, anger, hate, greed, sex, money, but then one day, but then one day, on my journey, I met Jesus. Once you begin building relationships and trust, look for opportunities to bless others by sharing the story of how Jesus is transforming your life. You don't need a script, and you don't need a dramatic story to share the difference Jesus makes in your life. When someone says, you know, well, Steve, I've, I've never really doubted. I've, I've never done drugs or anything. I've, I've always gone to church, and, and I've always believed in Jesus. I say, you know what? Your story's the best story. It's the best one. What a testimony to the loving kindness and grace of God. You don't need a script, and you don't need a dramatic story to share the difference Jesus makes in your life. So share your Jesus story, and, and show your hope story. Show your hope story. And I have a friend named Stacy, and uh, we have different beliefs. We live in different parts of the country. We have different careers. I'm, I'm obviously I'm a pastor, and she is a his, history professor at a university. And we, you know, but but our shared story is in high school. We we both went to West Monroe High School in West Monroe, Louisiana. We were lab partners in the. The, the biology class. Now, we were never like great friends or anything. We, we never really hung out, but we were lab partners and we were, every day we were there. We cut open, well, let's just say you dissected things uh, there. And so years later, we still have this kind of friendship. And, and, and definitely using social media, we still have a connection and our shared stories in high school. But I've shared my Jesus story on numerous occasions, and we just don't have the same beliefs about faith in Jesus. But what has touched Stacy's heart more than anything is that she's seen my hope story. She's seen the hope I have. And so to, to, to the point of, of her reaching out to me for prayer, for herself, for friends, for family members. And she even said, There's, here's something she said to me. I don't believe everything you believe. 
I don't believe what you believe, but I have no doubt that you believe it and that you have hope more than anyone I know. Would you pray? And I say, absolutely, I'll pray because I do have hope and, I, and, and I'm thankful that it shows. What do others see in your life? Is it, is it selfishness? Is, is it doubt, fear, worry? Is it intelligence? Is it hustle, loyalty, and respect? Or do they, do they see hope? Now, if someone looks at my life uh, on a daily basis, they probably have seen all these things from selfishness and doubt and fear to hopefully intelligence and hustle and loyalty and respect. But more than anything, my prayer is that, they, that my hope story shows So here's Paul under arrest. He's in chains. He's on trial, and he's showing his hope story. We'll pick it up in verse 19. And so, King Agrippa, I obeyed that vision from heaven. I preached first to those in Damascus and then in Jerusalem and throughout all Judea and also to the Gentiles that all must repent of their sins and turn to God and prove that they have changed by the good things they do. Some Jews arrested me in the temple for preaching this, and they tried to kill me. But God has protected me right up to this present time, so I can testify to everyone from the least to the greatest. I teach nothing except what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Messiah would suffer and be the first to rise from the dead, and in this way announce God's light to the Jews and Gentiles alike. Suddenly, Festus, the governor, shouted, Paul, you're insane. Too much study has made you crazy. Now, I, I can feel like I can relate to that sometimes. Sometimes I feel like too much study has made, has made me crazy myself. But Paul replied, I'm not insane, most excellent Festus. What I am saying is the sober truth. And King Agrippa knows about these things. I speak boldly, for I am sure these events are all familiar to him, for they were not done in a corner. This wasn't hidden. No, this, this, didn't, this isn't secret. All these things I'm talking about, the resurrection of Jesus. It's not a secret. The things that, the, that they tried to do, the, 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 the Jewish people that tried to kill me for teaching in the temple, not a secret. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. Agrippa interrupted him. Do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? And Paul replied, whether quickly or not, I pray that God, to God, that both you and everyone in this audience might become as I am except for these chains. He answers that question. Do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? He's like, I don't, I don't know if it's quickly or not, but my prayer is that, that you have the faith. You get a hope story, the same hope story I have, that is the same story of hope that's found in Jesus, the Messiah. What a powerful, powerful hope story to show. Hope is not based on your circumstances, but on who God is. That's Paul's hope. That's my hope. I pray it's your hope. Hope is not based on circumstances, but on who God is. Now, Paul says, I preached repentance in the name of Jesus. They arrested me. They tried to kill me. But God has protected me up to this present time so that I can testify to everyone. See, Paul has hope. And his hope he isn't this. I mean, he isn't hoping that they find him not guilty. He isn't hoping they let him go. He isn't hoping for a quick end to this trial. Paul's hope is in Jesus, and he's hoping to have more opportunities to share his story. Here he is telling King Agrippa his story. His hope is to have an opportunity to go to Rome and to speak to Caesar himself. 
You read the last two chapters of Acts and you see what happens. The journey of Paul involves a shipwreck, a major shipwreck. It involves being bit by a a poisonous snake. It it involves all kinds of craziness. And Paul ends up, you guessed it, in Rome, sharing his story, his Jesus story, his hope story. Now, Now, there's no record of whether Paul actually stood trial before Caesar or not. And a shared story, you know, that, that, that with that most powerful person in the known world at the time, we, we don't have a record of that. But what we do know is that Paul shared his story and began to bless others on the journey to Rome, as well as once he arrived. He went through these tests, and he had a testimony. My friend Tariq likes to say that, and I love what it, what he, what he, how he puts it. It's like, before the testimony, there's a test. But following the test is the testimony. And I love that because it is so true. It was true for Paul. It's true for me. And it's true for you. Your story probably involves a test. And the test leads to the testimony. When you begin to follow Jesus, you become different. You experience grace. You know what it's like to be forgiven. You know what it means to have purpose. You handle relationships in life differently than before. Your heart grows for God's mission to share the gospel to the world. Jesus changes everything, and you can tell the story. So how will you bless others? Begin with prayer. right? How are you going to bless others? We begin with prayer. Maybe you use the next door app and and you see on there your your neighbors have uh they post a, a needs they have or so, you know some work that needs done or something and you can pray for them just pray for you got oh I can see that need I can pray for it I would encourage you to do something I do on a daily basis well five days a week it's uh it's on a website called blesseveryhome.com if you go to blesseveryhome.com and click on the link that says be a light or become a light and what it'll do it'll give, give you an opportunity to enter your email and sign up to receive five days a week an email and in that email will be the names of five of your neighbors and you can put in there, uh, you know, like 40, I think it's the default. That way you'll get it, you know, not you'll get, you'll get 40 all at one time. You get five at one time up to 40 and then it'll repeat. Or you can up that number. Uh, my, my numbers are, are way up from that at this point because I've been doing this for quite a while. But you just pray for them. It even gives you a scripture to, to read and a prayer to pray over these five neighbors for that day. And that way you begin to bless your neighbors because you begin to pray for them. Listen with care. Listen with care. Who could use a listening ear this week? Who do you know that really could just use a listening ear? Eat together. And again, this might be just your your own household for now. But build community at the table. Serve with love. And there's no time like the present. I love one of the things that that we get to do with Awaken. We don't have a lot of finances at this point. We're still a a church startup in Natchitoches, but we are looking for ways that we can be a blessing and to bless our neighbors. And we just found that one of our uh, college students, who is a member of the Awaken Church family, actually one of the leaders at Awaken Church, her sister is a professional nurse and has has gone from Shreveport to New York City to help with the intense shortage of uh, of medical staff that they have there. And she just put out a little list of here's here's some things I could use if anybody could could send a care package and we're going to be able to send a few of these items this week to be able to uh serve with love one of our very own. Um and then share your story. 
Share your story. Your story is a gift that honors God and inspires others. So share it. So as a next step, you can do any of these things or all these things. Maybe to share your story, you could do something kind of like that cardboard testimony idea. But instead of walking across the stage and holding up your sign and then flipping it over, maybe you could make your sign on a poster board or cardboard, and then you could put it up on your social media. Like, here's my story in a nutshell. Here's before Jesus. Here's with Jesus. Without Jesus, with Jesus. And just post the pictures of those. It might be an idea. Maybe a way you can share your story using your social media. And if you do that, man, use the hashtag bless and continue to spread the word. Thank you so much for joining us at Awaken Church this week for our Easter uh, worship gathering. Um, again, this is a strange and unique time we all are, are living in. And my prayer is that grace and peace be with us all now more than ever. God's grace be with you. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AwakenChurchLA.